Welcome to Physics Twist, this week in Science and Technology, the podcast about the biggest and baddest in science news for young Australians, powered by Physics Education. In this episode of Physics Twist, finally some good news from the Great Barrier Reef, tapping into snail memory, and the weirdest lawsuit ever is finally over. But first, here at Physics, we're big on chatting with you guys, the people that we teach, whose birthdays we celebrate, and who we have fun with on school holidays. So we want to hear from you. What is a question you have about science that you'd like answered? Something that's been bugging you? Something that you've asked before but maybe haven't got a good answer to? Maybe something that blows your mind but doesn't make any sense? Something you've been too embarrassed to ask? Send them our way! We'll get our boffins on the case and come up with the best answer you have ever heard. Our boffins include people like Quill. Good afternoon, everybody. Yeah. And I should probably just mention, (laughs) send us your questions via... Either you can email them or email to uh, twist at physicseducation.com.au or to our Facebook page where we'll we'll put up a post that you can comment on with your question. Fantastic. So that's physicseducation, F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S, education.com.au. All right, let's jump right into it. Hello, Quill. Hi, Duncan. How are you today? I'm so good. How are you? Good. I'm excited to do another podcast after our holiday hiatus. We did have a long holiday hiatus. We also had an illness hiatus. We did. So school holidays, we're very busy. So we don't mean we were on holidays. We were running school holiday programs. Unfortunately, we tend to all get sick after that because it's very busy. So we had some holidays and then we all had some uh, sick days. So we're back. We're back and better than ever. Better than ever. Apart from our voices, which are not. But anyway, that's okay. That's okay. First thing I wanted to talk about is, like we said in the intro, finally some good news from the Great Barrier Reef. Fantastic. Yes. This is basically the um, the Australian government has pledged $500 million in new funding to restore water quality and protect the coral from starfish attacks. Oh, that's awesome. So the government actually announced this, what, a couple of weeks ago now, but I thought mm-hmm. it was really important. We should probably include it. Absolutely. Um, so $500 million, which is... It's a little bit of money. It's a lot of money. It's walking yeah, around money. That's, that's my phrase. Ah. That. <laughs> um, yeah, so Great Barrier Reef as we all know, is absolutely huge. You can see it from space. It covers 348,000 square kilometers, which because people often put these things in terms of how many football fields that is. Yeah. 70 million football fields. Wow. Yeah. Because then you know what it is, right? Exactly. Now you can picture it. Yeah, you've got to have a perspective. (laughs) Or it's roughly the size of Japan. Wow. Or or Italy. Wow. It is is massive. Yeah. It's a lot of Um, reef. So it's a lot of reef and it is way bigger than the number two reef in the world, which is the Caribbean's Belize Reef, Mm. which is a mere 290 kilometers. How many football fields? You know what? I'm, I don't know, probably about (laughs) 3,000 football fields long or something like that. Anyway, so Not as many. Not as, a lot less, yeah. Yeah. Um, Caribbean Reef was heritage, world heritage listed in 1981 as the most spectacular coral reef on the planet. I tend to agree with that. Mm. Um, so yeah, the... Reef is made up of these corals, right? It's a coral reef, which are basically structures built from calcium carbonate, which is the kind of stuff that you find in limestone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's um, these sort of skeletons laid down by hard corals, which yeah. turn into calcium carbonate. Um, and these corals are really vulnerable to things like rising sea temperatures and mm-hmm. ocean acidification. And so there's, there's like slowed growth and loss of these corals as a result, which reduces the habitat for many other reef creatures. So it's, you know, as we see more effects of climate change, it's obviously dying off. Lead on effect too. 
all yes. sorts of things we just don't even know about. Yeah, yet. Yeah, which is crazy. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, that and the, the reef has also been eroded by storms as well. Yeah. So it's not in a great place at the moment. So um, other structures that are like connected to the reef include things like mangroves and salt marsh, marshes mm. and seagrass meadows, yeah. estuaries, open water environments. You know, so much. Like, so much. Yeah. That and the reef like also acts as a barrier. So it protects inshore habitats mm. and human communities from like waves yeah. and storm yeah, surges right. and stuff. Um, so yeah, these these corals are really susceptible to coral bleaching, which is basically caused by higher than normal sea temperatures, yep. which we've seen over well the last couple of years. Yeah, it's super sad. Yeah, um, and also vulnerable to ocean acidification. Mm -hmm. And um, they've also noticed that there's been a major outbreak of coral eating crown of thorns starfish. That's gruesome. Yeah, doesn't that absolutely. sound gruesome? Crown yeah, of thorns, seriously. Just coral eating yeah. crown of thorn. So that's been destroying areas of the of the reef as well, um, which actually prompted a cull in yep. January of this year. Um, and the way that these starfish feed is they like spread its stomach over the coral, and then uses the enzyme, which is the stuff uh, you yep, have in yep. your stomach, breaks down food. Yep, or, to, or coral if that's what you eat. To digest them, yeah, like mm. liquefies them basically. Mm. With their tongue, like just. I'm just like stomach. imagining me like flat down on the dinner table. Yeah, exactly. Digesting. <laughs> That's <laughs> a, whole, a whole new way of doing it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so they've also seen that runoff from agriculture, like sugarcane farms and cattle stations, has also harmed the reef. Yeah. Especially the one that's closest to the shore. Of course. Um, this is from a guy called Bradley Opdyke, who's a marine scientist at the ANU or Australian National University. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, obviously, like I'm saying, there's, you, can, you can see there's a lot of things adding to this terrible situation that the yeah. reef is in. And so they're going to receive, the reef itself is going to receive $500 million. Fantastic. To help like cull off more starfish yeah. and um, reduce the bleaching and that sort of thing. Absolutely. They're not, I'm assuming they're actually going to use that $500 million to, to put in research. some programs, yeah, not that programs. it's going to yeah. go to an ATM and print out $500 million and throw it at the Drop it at the reef. <laughs> Fix yourself. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Anyway, so that's good news. That I mean, is good and we, news. And we definitely need some good news out of the reef. And it's so important because... Super important. I mean, it's it's just... A, well, one, not just for beauty, but, you know, the agricultural follow-ons. You know, we don't know what happens. Once we lose one species, you just don't know where that leads to. Yeah. And we want to see that. Like, we want to see that not just for ourselves, but for our future generations. And it's an amazing thing. Yeah. And also, in terms of the economy as well. There's jobs exactly. that Tourism. rely on the reef. Yeah. Tourism, absolutely. All sorts of things. So if that goes away... It's not going to be good. So I think it's um it's well timed mm. by the government to bring in that five hundred million dollars. So you got to get in there quick before all those species disappear. Yeah. Have you been? I've been near. So I've been around the Whit Sundays area and snorkeled around there. Mm -hmm. But I'd really love to go back and do an actual dive course and, yeah. and do the diving there. So yeah. Definitely on my bucket it's, list. It's beautiful. Yeah. I went. I think I went in about nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Maybe ninety eight. Showing my age. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and went snorkeling and it's yeah, yeah it's, it's amazing fantastic at yeah. least it was then yeah that's the thing. that was 20 years ago so. and i know people that have said that they go regularly and they can distinctly See it's difference. a huge difference and that's even like closer to the shore not even looking at the you know the giant expanse that is the reef mm, yeah. yeah cool so 500 million dollars well placed awesome Next story for this week. Do you want to take this one? Yeah. So this is, again, me bringing in some random biology stories, but that's okay. Um, so there's this new story out and it's, it's a really interesting one. And it's to do with the fact with looking at how 
memory works and how memory can be in fact passed on which is a really odd thing to think about so um so the, the study basically takes a group of snails so we've got one group of snails that get trained to respond to um when they get tapped on the back they get a little shock so they start to learn that being tapped on the back is bad and they will retract inside of their shell and hide there for about 50 seconds and then we have another group and this is called our control group and these snails are not they're not tapped on the back. They're not, well, they are tapped on the back, but they're not given that shock. So they're just thinking, no worries, I get tapped on the back, it doesn't matter. So what happens is they only retract for about one second. So that's when the snail takes its whole body and kind of squishes itself back inside its shell when it, when it does with like predators and stuff like that. So what's actually happening is we've got the group that is um, being shocked and then we've got our control group that are not being shocked. So what they've then done is taken the RNA which is sort of like DNA, but is actually responsible for sending messages out into the body. And they've taken that RNA and they have extracted it from those two groups and put it in a new group of snails. So they've taken just the RNA molecules and they put it in new snails. And what they've actually found is they can, the groups of snails that had the shock treatment will actually, in a whole new snail, it's just had RNA from a, another snail that had the shock treatment originally, those snails will now actually retract for around 40 seconds when they tapped on the back without having ever been trained to retract. They've never had that shock treatment to teach them that the tap on the back is going to be a bad thing. That's crazy, isn't it? I know. Yeah, How insane is, is this? mind blowing. Yeah. And also importantly, the control group. So if you take the RNA from the group that weren't trained to be like, oh my God, I'm going to get a shock if I get tapped on the back. Um, if you take the RNA from those ones and put them in a new set of snails, then nothing. They still no one change. second, just retract for a second, yep. and then they're back out. So this is actually showing us we can take that memory from an RMA molecule, stick it in a new snail, and it remembers what the other snail so, has learned. That's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. It's like if, if we put like a syringe into your head or something, yeah. and just extract a memory out, yeah. and then you could just pop that straight into my brain, I remember everything. You wouldn't even need to go to uni. Just yeah. take someone else's <laughs> memory. Take your PhD. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> I think this is just fantastic and like the the applications and potential of this if this is it's huge because um, memory is a really tricky thing to think about like a lot of how memory works um, we I mean we have a lot of things where you know we can boost our memory and how we remember stuff and we train and whatnot but when we start to lose our memories and we get older um, and this this idea of kind of learned memory but and also inherited memory is as really um, kind of unknown area so mm. the potential of being able to take that um, maybe giving someone a memory of something if they have Alzheimer's or something where maybe you could help them to remember things that they couldn't originally remember. Yeah. Um, or it's also interesting um, for, I know that there's been talk about some things where it's like almost feels like memories are passed down generations and people are like, oh, it can't pass down a memory in generations. If you look at some island tribes and stuff like that, they have this kind of inherent knowledge on, you know, how to find things and or where things are located without being trained to do it. Yeah. And people have always said, how's that even possible? Maybe this now is how. Yeah. Insane. Absolutely. Super and crazy. I read as well that they did some more experiments in the lab, which are kind of is kind of too complicated to get into in detail now. But that was basically getting at where the memory is stored inside the brain. Yeah. So it's like they talked about the neurons, which are kind of brain cells yeah. versus synapses, and they figured out where those memories are most likely stored. So yeah, really gonna help in things like Alzheimer's or other yeah. types of memory conditions. Just so many cool Cool applications, but just just a cool story too. Yeah, like I just, love it. 
It's been all over the news. Yeah, that one. It, yeah, it has. Yeah. Absolutely. And you got a text from your dad saying you've got to check this out. I did. So yeah. Duncan and I both walked into work going, oh, let's do this story in our podcast. And we were like, both had the same story. And then uh, a little bit later, my dad messaged me. He was like, you should look at this story. And I was like, yeah, we're already going to put that, that in. Yeah. <laughs> so really exciting. All right, cool. Now, this week, we're doing, Quill, a new segment. Woohoo! It's new segment time. New segment time. Right. Let's do a new segment dance. Yeah, new segment. You can't hear that on the podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but this segment is called Fact of the Week. Woo! Fact of the Week. Let's do the Fact of the Week theme song. I'm going to have to put that in, in post. Yeah. Yeah. So future Duncan is going to fight the music for that nice. and put that in. Fact of the Week. Future this, Quill will dance. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if you're going to know this one, Quill, but... Oh. I found this absolutely mind-blowing. Fact of the week. It's, it's going to be a science-related fact as well. I'm like gibbering yeah. with anticipation. <laughs> Get this. Humans live closer to the time of the T-Rex than the T-Rex lived to the time of the Stegosaurus. What? Yeah. Right? How no, crazy is that? No, but they're like friends and they go on adventures together. They're both dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't know that. I've seen the land before time. I'm yeah, pretty sure like that was what I was referring to. Well, that's really interesting. Isn't it just? So So um, which came first, the T-Rex or the Stegosaurus? The Stegosaurus came first. So mm. it says here, um, this, I just found this off Wikipedia. Yeah. That's, you know, how we do things. Um, T-Rex fossils are found in a variety of rock formations dating to the Maastrichtian age mm. of the Upper Cretaceous period, 68 to 66 million years ago. So yep. that's just before, you know, the meteor came down. Yep, yep. Killed them all off. The fossils of the Stegosaurus date to the late Jurassic period, where they're found in, here's some more big words, the Kimmeridgian to early Tythonian aged strata. Wow. It's mm, good words there. Good pronouncing. Um, thank you very much. Between 155 to 150 million years ago. So that is a period of about 85 to 90 million years ish. Mm. I don't know if I've done the maths right there. <laughs> well, um, you said 150 to 100. No, 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 but eight, 85 to 90 million years separating the mm. Stegosaurus and the T Rex, whereas Crazy. there's only 66 million years separating yeah. us and the T Rex. So they lived, yeah, like I said, it's just mind blowing. That is. I hadn't thought about that. Look, I'm not going to lie, you've kind of thrown my. Visions of dinosaurs hanging out I all know, together. Right? And who knows what's real anymore? So what did T-Rex eat? Because I imagine him battling the Stegosaurus. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I guess we'll never know. Well, well probably we could just do some more research. I'm going to assume it's humans because I saw this documentary called <laughs> Jurassic Park. So, third story of this week, which is... This one's from a couple of weeks ago as well, but I just found it so funny that I had to include it. What do you got for me? The most ridiculous lawsuit of all time is finally over. So this is like distantly science related, <laughs> but I'll tell you about it. So there's this guy called David Slater. He was a, um, he is a um, nature photographer. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what he had done is he traveled to Indonesia and all over around the world actually, um, to take photos of this monkey called a crested black macaque. Oh, cool. Specifically that type to where it raise awareness of yep. the fact that they were endangered, I think. Yeah. Anyway, so what he would do is he, he had some trouble taking photos of these macaques mm -hmm. just because they're so cheeky and they'd run yep. around and, you know, couldn't get a good snap of them. So what he, de what he did is that he took a, like, remote shutter button for the camera okay. and he just left it there next to the monkeys and he's like, you guys should just play with this. Awesome. So what happened is that he got a monkey to take a selfie. <laughs> <laughs> so, so 
Look it up. If you just search, um, uh, what's it called? Crested black macaque. I was so going to search original monkey selfie. Yeah, original monkey selfie will do it as well. I'm really? Sure. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. It's amazing. Great photo. It's a monkey staring straight into the lens of the camera That's with awesome. a big grin on his face. It's fantastic. Anyway, so the image basically became the subject of a really complicated legal dispute in 2014 when this blog called Tech Dirt and also Wikipedia put them up on their websites uh, saying this is a picture of a crested black macaque. Yeah. And he was like, well, hold on, that's my photo. Yeah. Um, please take it down. And then um, they both refused with Wikipedia saying that the photograph was uncopyrightable because the monkey took the photo. <laughs> that's awesome. Not him. <laughs> It's so good. Did the monkey get any royalties? <laughs> well, that's why it went to court. So the US... 40 pounds of bananas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, even if it did, it's like, it's like giving $500 million to a monkey. Like, what's he going to do? <laughs> Throw it at the reef. <laughs> <laughs> so the US Copyright Office, um, they ruled that animals cannot own copyrights, mm -hmm. which I'm, I'm not going to put any judgment on that, but that's, that's what happened. <laughs> anyway, so after that, in 2015... Peter, which is the People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, oh, yeah. filed a suit against the uh, this David Slater on behalf of the monkey, <laughs> which it identified as a six-year-old male named Naruto, claiming that the animal was the rightful owner of the copyright. And then <laughs> in 2016, a judge ruled against Peter saying that animals were not covered by the Copyright Act. So copyright basically, yeah. like we should have said before, but it means like yeah. whoever owns the photo. Yeah, that's right. That's what copyright is. And so David Slater says, you know, I know for a fact that the monkey in the photograph is actually a female, not a male. Yep. Um, and that it's not six. So... <laughs> so I, it wasn't even the right monkey. It wasn't even the right monkey. Oh. Yeah, and so he was quoted as saying, I'm bewildered at the American court system. Surely it matters that the right monkey is suing me. <laughs> so, the, court, awesome. the case got dismissed, but the monkey's legal team appealed. What? <laughs> that appeal was then dismissed too, as a judge in San Francisco determined that, yeah, the copyright protection can't be applied to a monkey. Um, but unfortunately, the photographer, David Slater, spent a ton of money on legal fees. And um, he wasn't getting the royalties he deserved. And he's also saying, you know, Peter, who's a, the protection... Or what was it called again? The protection for the ethical treatment of animals? Yeah. Was distracting everyone from the original purpose of his expedition to Which Indonesia. Which was to his, help the animals anyway. Exactly, because they're endangered. And, he, yeah. and he's just being sued. That's brutal. Anyway, so after that, finally, the Ninth US Circuit Court of Appeals reeled that, ruled that as Naruto is not a legal person, he can't sue. Right. So finally, the whole thing has been put to rest. That's phenomenal. It's amazing. Do you think a banana was the original selfie stick? <laughs> it doesn't even can, make sense. can you edit in a there for me? I'll do that for you. All right. That's awesome. Isn't it fantastic? I, I just find that so funny. The idea of a monkey getting up in court. <laughs> I object. Throws his poo. That's great. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, too funny. Anyway, that's the third story. Great awesome. news, though. Great yeah. news. We've got another new segment. Ooh! It's just back-to-back -back hot content this week. It is. And this one we call, What's That Sound? 
We could put in a segment called What's That Dance? Yeah. That would be a hard one. What dance is Quill doing right now? No one knows. Anyway, Quill, yeah. you'll find next to you, there is, the, over here, Ooh. there is a sound making device. There is now, indeed. To our listeners, or before you make too much noise, Sorry. <laughs> there is a challenge. If you can email us at twist at physicseducation.com.au or post on our Facebook telling us what is the device that makes this sound? Mm -hmm. You will win something. I yep. probably should have thought of We'll rate something from the physics shop. Yeah. We have an awesome online shop that sells lots of cool science stuff. So yeah. we'll, we'll loot something out of the shop and send it along. Am I getting permission to do that? From yeah, the we'll do it. Yeah, we'll yeah, do it. Okay. It'll be fine. We'll do it. Sweet. At the worst, we've got some little rainbow glasses that are like $1.50. Yeah. Actually, but they're awesome. They are awesome. They're really awesome. Um, I took a pair to a wedding once. Amazing. It was the best <laughs> night ever. <laughs> I gave it to the bride and groom. They loved it. <laughs> Scientists. They're not 3D glasses, I should just say. No. They're rainbow glasses. They're diffraction glasses. Yeah, they're incredible. Yeah. Anyway, we'll send you something pretty. We will. So, Quill, would you like to pick up this amazing device? I would. And please make it make the requisite sound into the microphone as best make, you can. Without making too much and noise. Dear listener, dear listener, you have to tell us what is the name of this amazing device. All right. Okay. Are we ready? What does it sound like as well? Yeah. Try, okay. You can figure so, out what it's what it's called from what it sounds like. All right. Are we ready? We are ready. Go for it. What's the sound? Are we ready? Okay, yeah. let's go. Thank well you. Done. Beautiful. I play Beautiful a main something. Cool. Yep. I don't know what that is. I don't know what it is. What it is. Whatever it is, you're doing a great is, job. I play it well. Yep. <laughs> it's a mystery. Mystery sound. Unto us all. I like it. So, yes, let us know, twistatphysicseducation.com.au or on our Facebook. Let, let us know what you think that is. And yeah. We'll, you'll send you, a, send you a nice prize. And if you'd like to know more about how sounds are made, we've got lots of cool links about sound experiments on our website as well. We do. We have more than 150 free experiments yeah. up on our website now, which is just crazy. Free stuff, cool stuff that you can do, mostly just with stuff you might have kicking around the house already. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. All right, cool. So that is a wrap on Physics Twist for this week. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, don't forget that you can always meet the wonderful people of physics at your school, vacation center, or birthday party. Again, just go to physicseducation.com.au. That's F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S, education.com.au, or F-I-Z-Z if you're feeling North American. Hmm. Yeah. Um, also, if you like this, you can rate us on iTunes. It really helps us out. We'll be back next week. Uh, and in the meantime, if you'd like to hear some thought-provoking discussions with leading education providers, you can check out the Physics Ed Podcast, the official Physics Ed Podcast run by the company director, Ben Newsom. So don't forget to send us your fantastic questions that you'd like answers to. We yeah. will um, get on the case. And see if you can figure out what that awesome sound was. Yeah. All right. Catch you next week. See you next time.